0: Oh, cool! He's like, yeah, now we're for the yeah. yeah. Is that it's him? Like, it's, it's him.
1: It's him. Sit <laughs> up. <Three>. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, welcome to the pod. The podcast. Um, ethics in the treatment industry is going to be our topic for today. Uh, my name is Richard Hessian. I'm the CEO of Crest Recovery Center. With me, I have the co-directors of business development at Blue Crest. Did I say the title the right way? You did. Yeah, you did. Out sometimes. He did. Um, I've got uh, Stas Pozaras. Anastasio technically is your name, right?
2: Technically, <laughs> no one ever calls me that. Yeah, though. You're, you're an Irish kid. Um, <laughs> the cops call you that. Yeah,
1: yeah exactly And the judge. Oh, um, because been a he's while. not calling you Stas. It's been a while. And been then been while. I've got with me Mark Bonani. Um, welcome <laughs> fellas. and yeah, we're doing this with me. For having so us. we did We've got right now about 6,200 people signed in, so welcome to everybody, uh, 7,000 people now, constant. <laughs> it's just insane what's been going on. Um, so basically we, we've done these, and we've done a bunch of them. We did one practice one last time just to get anybody who is watching catch up if you haven't signed on before. And so we people had said you should really do a live and you should do a live one, so we did a practice live one last time. And now, this is our first official full blown, you know, balls to the wall um, uh, live podcast. And I see May is the first person to make any kind of a comment. And she said, ha, 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 ha. So she likes uh, what we're saying already. Hi, May. (laughs) Um, All right. So, ethics in the treatment industry. There's so much different stuff we can talk about and things to cover. Last time we did this as a practice, it was very stream of consciousness. Um, because we were just kind of practicing the live stuff, really not practicing talking, but we were practicing the
0: the audio, the video, and good thing we practiced because we had technical yeah, difficulties. Was technical difficulties through about twenty up minutes to get up.
1: But now, no, right now it's working and we're signed on. It's really? pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So, um, so there's a lot of different topics, and we're gonna jump from thing to thing, and we're gonna kind of try and keep it ordered and measured. Ethics in the treatment industry is a huge topic right now because it's a t- huge topic just in general. And one of the things that I always like to remind people is that we're not, you know, you're in a service industry, right? But we're not a taxi service and we're not a, you know, we don't run a massage parlor and we don't run a casino and we don't run a, we don't manufacture tires. You know, what you're talking about, we're dealing with people's lives. And ethics is important in all business. When I was on Wall Street, and this is a great way to start it off, and when I was on Wall Street, we had a lot of ethics trainings, right? They took that stuff very seriously as they should. And one of the best things that they always said to me, and I literally use this every day in all the decisions we make, running a rehab, all the decisions we make, everything I do, I say to myself, if this showed up on the front page of the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times, would I be okay with it? If you can say you'd be comfortable with whatever action you're taking, if it showed up on the front page of one of those major, art, one of those major newspapers, and you say, I can live with that, then what you're doing is probably the right thing. And that's a great guiding principle. Unfortunately, some of our, uh, I don't like to call them colleagues because people who engage in that kind of heavy duty stuff are not colleagues of mine, but there are some people in the field that are in it for the wrong reasons, doing the wrong things, and they end up on the front page of a lot of these periodicals. Um, you know, one of which, you know, will, not that I wanted to start out with them particularly, but there was a place down in, in, in Pennsylvania, what was it called? Um, I don't mind using the name because they're shut down now
2: anyway. Uh, Liberation, Liberation
1: Way. Way. You know, that was a place that, you know, I mean, typically when you do these, you try not to name people specifically and blah, 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 but that's already out. I mean, there's no, it's it's, it's in in the 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 news. They're all going to jail. You know, now just, it's interesting because who was the first person that I put on our banned list when we first opened was Liberation Way. I wouldn't deal with them at all. Um, I would not have any interactions with them. I wouldn't have any dealings with them because I knew. We met them and I talked to them and I knew and I was not comfortable with them and we put them on our band list of people that we wouldn't refer to and that we wouldn't do any business with. Good call, you know what I mean? Because you know I kind of you know that one wasn't a hard one because it was very obvious and brutal what was going on. The question I always ask myself is this: So these guys get in a lot of trouble. The FBI, the the, the Justice Department, whoever it was that went and raided their offices and did what they did, shut them down. The question I always ask myself: What they did wrong? It's very, very specific, right? They see and they um, there's a hole. If you go and you look it up online, you can read all the charges and everything else. The thing is this: what stuff didn't show up on there? I always wonder how many people died as a result of some of the right, because that's really at the end of the day. If you really played the tape through, and some of the stuff is not direct,
0: yeah, but it's but hidden. it's out the, there. It's, yeah, it's hidden in the mix because uh, you don't know, right? It who, absolutely is. Who might have got? Who might have got clean and sober for real had they been a had they given an opportunity at a real place? That, right,
1: right, and, and, and a place that
0: kind of almost, from what I read, it looked like in the charges, almost encouraged a relapse to reset insurance. Mm-hmm.
2: They use terms like revolving door, set up for failure um, the
0: get high house yeah. or something like something along like the yeah. house. Yeah. Like.
2: It was something along those lines. And unfortunately, you know, and you see it in the industry. We just had an ethics training, uh, not particularly pertaining to marketing, but just in, just in our industry in general. And a lot of people that come into our industry come in it for, you know, um, obviously they assume they're going to get some sort of wealth out of it, right? They're going to make tons of money. Right. And it's, so it's, it's, it's a, it's, a, money driven market. So they'll do anything to be compensated or get paid. And what they realized when you said like, if this shows up on the wall street journal, is that, are you okay with it? Like if your mom and dad read this about you, are you going to be comfortable with this? Or even, even more so your kids, can your kids go to school now?
1: Or even in people in recovery, how about people in your home group? Right, exactly. People in your home group heard that you did this. How has that How's that?
2: And the the, the funny thing is about it, so when we talk about our industry, and, you know, like we we actually do have a product, and it's life, and it needs to be protected by any means necessary. I mean, we see it all the time here where a client is not appropriate for us. We don't, or they need a, a specific modality, and they might have insurance that qualifies them to get here. That's not what we're about.
1: So, you know, to that end, and I'll just bring, it literally just happened before we did this. Yeah, we were upstairs. And yeah, and I wouldn't bring it up because it's irrelevant. It's just, it, it is what it is, but it is. We exactly literally just had the, this just conversation. It just happened, and it comes up in the course of this conversation, this bigger conversation. We literally had somebody who requested for me, we, we, we try and buy a lot of different literature. There's a lot of really cool stuff that you can do in rehab that goes well. We're a 12-step-based facility. This is what our core. We're twelve step based. We think twelve steps and twelve step recovery program and literally living a twelve step lifestyle is the best aftercare program in the world. It's that's. It's not even just what we think. My personal life experience has been that that I think is. Think it might be all of our experience. Yeah, yeah, it's all of our right. Only right. thing that ever works. Yeah. I'm not saying that there's not other stuff that can work. I mean, yeah. who the hell am I to For say some that? Some people I'm somewhere. Sim- right? Yeah, I'm simply saying I don't that know. This, if you're open, honest, and willing, and you do certain things, you can't not have an experience yeah. with this, and it can change who you are, and it can take you to a place where you never drink and use again, and that's the ultimate goal as far as I'm concerned. But there are some people, for whatever reason, that cannot or will not or unable, unca- incapable, for whatever reason, they're not looking to or they won't connect with the 12-step lifestyle. And so we were upstairs, and I was ordering a bunch of literature, and some of the clinicians, they have like a lot of like books they like that go really well with... Twelve Step lifestyle, like the Living what is Clean, it the, the, drop the rock, the Toltec Wisdom books. They've got uh, the Four Agreements, the Fifth Agreement, Mastery of Love. Like there's a lot of cool books that yeah. Yeah, they really operate well within within a within a. And hey, Drop the Rock is one, and that goes good with like six and seven step work. It was mm. Written, you know, it's non it's non fellowship literature, or whatever. So, but anyway, they're ordering these books, and I see one of them is Refuge Recovery. Now Refuge Recovery is um is probably a great book. I mean it's not my thing. Refuge recovery is an alternative to a twelve-step lifestyle. That's is it, what it though? Is, is it that's I thought, what it says. I thought it was
0: a co- like a almost goes along with it. which In is other what words, you would think Buddhist which, a Buddhist but what it says
1: when you read the caption of what it is when you're ordering it, it says this is an alternative not to an twelve addendum. steps. It's yeah. not goes and along we with don't it, do it's that. instead of so when I read that, I called the clinician and I said, I'm not ordering this book. Why not? Because we're a 12-step based facility. I'm not looking to offer alternatives to that. I'm not saying there aren't good alternatives. And I'm not saying that alternatives can't work. And I'm not saying that's not a great book. It probably right, is. Right, it's probably a good read. But it's probably not appropriate for our facility. And then I took it a step further. And I said, you know, because then he told me, he said, well, we weren't looking to order 30 of those to have a group about it. We happen to have one of the clinicians has a, a specific client that's not really you know, engaging in 12 step recovery and she, I don't think she has any interest and she was looking to get something to do. And I said, okay, look, I'll order one of them and we'll order one and we'll give it to her, but we're not just gonna give her the book. We have to ask ourselves the question as a company, should she, is this the right place for her to be? Now, I'm, I'm happy to have her come and stay and I wanna try and work and help everybody I can But maybe there's a place, I don't know, let's think something crazy. Maybe there's a place that does refuge recovery (laughs) where she would (laughs) actually be able to engage in a way she won't hear. Like, I don't, you know, you have to, as a business owner and as a place that does this in this field, you know, if if I'm a Firestone guy and I own Firestone tires, I want every car to have Firestone. I don't care what it is. We'll make one that'll fit your car because that's what we do. We're not selling tires, this is this girl's life. And if somebody's not able to or willing to engage in a particular thing, isn't it our responsibility, our ethical responsibility to ask that person, would you be better suited? Do you think maybe we can find
0: an alternative yeah. for you? Yeah. Or do you think you can have an open mind to what we're about here? Of course, first? of course.
1: But if not, yeah. don't we
0: have a responsibility, an right. ethical and moral responsibility? We're not going to get that exposure here. No, we're exactly. not going to refuge. We're
1: not going that direction. Yeah. And so, for someone or to, smart, recovery. do you want right. to try and fit a fit a, a, a round it's peg a in, in a square hole. hole or a square peg in a round hole? Whatever. Or do we want to even effort that? I don't think we should because I don't mm. think it's fair to the person. But unfortunately, this is another topic
0: for another day, too. But it's like, why are you so turned off? It just drives me nuts because you've never tried it. Well, but let's not go there now. We could talk twelve stuff all day long, and
1: so do I. I always do. But you know, the point is that that's an ethical consideration, and and you know, these are all. And the point is that all the topics we're going to talk about, there's ethics involved in everything that we do, right? There's ethics and there's an ethical consideration in everything we do, and if you're the kind of place, at least for us, that I want to be. That's the place I wanna be. I wanna be the place where I don't care about insurance policies, I don't care about money. That has to be tertiary and, and further down the line considerations. And interestingly enough, when you take that part of it and put it all the way in the back of the Rhine line, and you put ethics up front and do the next right thing,
0: strangely you enough, you succeed
1: beyond yeah. your wildest dreams. You Why succeed, is that? Mm. You
0: do well with clients; clients do well with you. Yeah, I mean, it's as co- co-directors of marketing and guys that are out in the field trying to, you know, get business right and and put ourselves out there. I know Stas will agree that it's one of the most frustrating things in the world to get someone who is interested in recovery and wants to come to Bluecrest, and to look at their clinical history and to realize this person may not even be a pro- have a problem with alcohol and drugs. This might be a primary mental health thing. We're a co-occurring facility, but this is not a fit for us and, to, and for us to be told, no, that person can't come here because it's the right thing to do. And it's a frustrating thing in our, in our, on a, from our point of view, but it's, at the end of the day, how many conversations have we had? It's like, dude, it's for the greater good. This is the right thing. It's not right. It's there's a, a lot of a places out there they are going to take them. There's a lot of places out there that are going to take them. Yeah. <clears throat> and shame on them, but let let them let when, them handle it because we're, we're just, not going to give man, them what they need.
2: When we discuss what what actually goes on, uh, as far as clinical, and mm-hmm. we're not clinical guys, right? So when we get a denial, it's a stub toe theory. It hurts for a second, mm-hmm. but it's for the greater good. Mm-hmm. You know, for those five seconds, it stings. and the whole world's mm-hmm. over, right? And it's painful. And then it's like, oh wait, all right, it is what it is. But ask you any know?
0: one of our partners out there, who's a who's the most. What is our reputation? Yeah. It's impeccable. All right, but
1: again, I don't want to turn this into a Blue Crest commercial, right? Because no, you know, I'm we try just saying, and, though. No, no, I mean, no it's, fair, it's fair, it's fair. But but again, the point the is, we try and do, we try and always do the next right thing. The client comes first, and that's the way it's supposed to be. Here's the thing: it's kind of like when you find money, and you know, I find a wallet talking about. Times, it's true. I've, it's happened to me in inordinate amount of times. I don't know why. Is God trying to test me? It's. I'll tell you right now, God. It's not a big test for me because I find a wallet. I open it up. I was on an express bus coming home from work when I used to work in the city, and that was the last time that it happened to me. And I'm. I get up and I literally look down on the seat, and there it is. You could just see the person was sitting there the whole time. Got off their stop, and there was the wallet sitting on the on the on the seat. So I picked up the wallet. Now for me. I open it up, there's, I don't know, I don't know how much money was in it, 500 bucks, so a reasonable amount of money, and I saw the guy's driver's license, and I was like, okay, I mean, you know, I'm not gonna give it into a bus driver or anybody, because I don't know who he is, I know I'm gonna give it back to the guy. So I take the wallet, and I go off the thing, and I look up the address, and I'm like, oh, it's like, I'm gonna have to get in my car and drive to this guy's address, but of course I'm going to. So I go home and I, I eat dinner and I say, all right, I gotta run up to this guy's house because he's probably like flipping out looking for his wallet, yeah. you know, 500 bucks, 500 bucks, you know what I mean? I don't yeah. know where the guy's at Just the like, license alone. The license alone yeah. and the credit cards. And so it. I jump in the car and I go and I drive and I knock on the door and the wife answers the phone and she's got a little maybe three-year-old standing next door and a baby in her arms. And I'm yeah, like, hi, I said, you know, and she's looking at me like, what do you want? And I said, hi, I said, I think, I guess it's your husband. I'm not sure but whatever the guy's name was, and I said he'd, he'd left this on the bus, and the wife looked at me, and she was like- In shock. you know, I can't believe that you just brought this back to us. And I, my answer to her was, oh, it's such a shame. What, how sad. It's a shame that you're shocked that I would bring mm-hmm. it back. See, I don't believe that. I think most people, more than 50% of people out there, and maybe I just have a naive view of a worldview, but I don't think so. I, think, I think more than half the people would just return the wallet. I, I mean that's how like a I lot of people would up.
0: return it without the cash So
1: what a lot of people do is they take the cash out and drop it in a mailbox yeah which fair enough at least they get their license back and their credit cards and whatever and they get the cash it's kind of like a trade-off that they tell themselves but guess what if you've ever done that before, if you've ever done that before
0: yeah. it, you're wrong
1: It's not ethical and it's not cool it's maybe half but ethical, here's the thing here and there's no such thing as half ethical
0: I think it's a good segue back into what what we're doing here because at 30 days sober, clean and sober, would you have been able to do that? At 30 days clean and sober, and the reason I asked the question is because I remember when I first was calling around to ask people's opinion of coming in to work in this field, and one of my uh, good friends and someone I trust who's been doing in this for a very long time said, "Just remember what you're going, what you what you're getting into. Remember what you're up against. You're dealing with a bunch of ex addicts and alcoholics who may not have a program, may not." be of the most ethical way and so they've thought of every angle in every way in every shape and every form and think about it i mean we've heard the stories yeah you've got 90 days and now all of a sudden you're doing what stas and i do you're, you're barely even done with post-acute withdrawal and you're out <laughs> there with an opportunity to make a lot of money yeah, yeah. and you're going to take i mean by nature i don't know about you but i always want to do things the easy way like that's by nature like that's part of the alcoholism or sure. addiction for me yeah and so you know but
1: that goes back to the people who own these places. We have a two year well, old. right. You see, we this have Katie, a two year recognize stocks. I hear it. you, but we're not gonna hire anybody right. who doesn't know have two years not, of recovery but. for that very reason. And anybody who does, and you're out at one of these things and you meet somebody, oh, a new marketer at such and such a place, and the guy's like, Yeah, hey, I'm four months sober. You gotta be if you're in this field, you gotta be saying to yourself, Really? Like four months sober, and they've got him out, like that's crazy. Crazy, crazy. Uh, to me, that, I don't think that you're that's asking at for all. trouble. Absolutely, but again, uh, and, and this is and does not fall under the the gu- the guise of oh, who am I to say? I think I'm somebody to say. <laughs> you know what I no, mean? No, I no. I don't think it's a, one of those things where you can say, well, but then again, who are we to say? I think we can say very clearly. Yeah, well, there well, should probably. be
0: rules to something. I mean, almost like well, again, at there's there's guidelines. <laughs> yeah. <whatever it> is, <laughs> there kind of is guidelines. And you know, look, we like you said,
2: just to segue into that, you know, somebody getting into, you know. Um, taking money, right? You said taking money, you know? When we have it down there, you wanna yeah, jump
0: into
1: actually, it right be- now? actually, before we all go right. into that, I wanna close off, because we had brought up the other place that got shut down. And what happens is, so we have this, all s- sorts of levels of, people are keeping an eye on the on the industry. We're gonna talk about Florida, like inevitably, we're gonna talk yeah. about Florida, because Florida's a disaster. California is the next Florida, because that's coming, that's coming down the pike, because what goes on out there? is absolute madness, and again, we're gonna yeah, tell we some have... stories about that because it's crazy, but Florida was the worst example. They had the minor, and we're gonna go over like, not that it's a minor ethical infraction, but there's a big difference between some of the ethical horror show that I see going on in the field, and then some of the more minute, kind of smaller, like, yeah, that's probably not the right decision, but it's not, not ethical, but it's not like, you know what I mean? Egregious. Not like of, it's not egregious the way some of the other stuff is, but, The point is that I think and I hope that New Jersey, that the Department of Justice, that the Attorney General in New Jersey, I'm hoping that they all know what we know, which is that Florida is now packing up their suitcases and they're coming here. Owners of other places that were less than uh, ethical maybe in Florida, perhaps, perhaps. And certainly that's not all of them, by the way. And that's another problem with this. I know people who ran places in Florida that were fantastic. So you know it's what really I mean, and, like they glue, were, yeah. and they were horrified yeah. by all of this, and they're like, "Great now!" And they got screwed. Yeah, they got the black eye. Of the great industry. place, and they wore the black eye of all these eggs and um, um, these bad people. Sorry, <laughs> the language, but you know they 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 wore the black eye, yeah. and it's unfortunate, but it's the nature of it. I don't want that to happen in in here in New Jersey, and I'll tell you now that like I've spoken to some Department of Justice people. I'm open door policy here. I want them to come in. I want them to meet us, talk to us. Like, I proactively want them to know who we are and what we're about. Because if we're doing anything wrong here, I want to know about it. You know what I mean? Like, because I'll be the first one. Like, I'm not, that's just not, it's the nature of us. So that stuff's going on now. Like, they're keeping an eye on it. Um, uh, I'm going to, and I know Nick reminds me of this stuff sometimes. Thank you, that um, we're supposed to, when we do these podcasts, people jump in. They jump out, oh, we're down to 5,100 odd people, which is less than what we've been at at the height, but whatever. <laughs> um, so, But people jump in and out, so it's a reminder. I'm Richie Hessian, CEO of Bluecrest Recovery Center. We're doing a podcast on the ethics in the treatment industry, and I'm here with Mark Panani and Stas, um, Stats Batsaris. Um, your name it's is so, it doesn't come out It's out of a tongue twister. So, um, but stuff. anyway, as far as that goes, I'm really hoping that they're keeping an eye on everything. The good news for us is that they've already learned a lot from what happened in Florida. So I'm hoping they take that. Now they know what to look for, what these people are doing, what's going on. And from what I've been told and from what I see, I think they are. I think they're taking notes and I hope they are. And I'm hoping that they're going to keep things because the thing is we don't want Jersey to turn into the next Florida. And the problem is the good places in some of these places know people are doing the wrong thing and they just ignore it. And they say, well, you know, what can you do? Well, you have a responsibility, don't you? An ethical responsibility. You can't let people do stuff like that. It's not okay. Because look what happens: they yeah. destroy can't the whole field, on... they kill how many people yeah. along the way, they make a boatload of dough, they they, they fold up tents and yeah. then they go look to open well, up uh, there. To my
0: understanding, I think the insurance companies even pushed back on it too. Which yeah, well, that's right? what drove which... the
1: whole thing in the first place. right. Like right. the insurance companies, the money is they
0: what said. Made I'm not going to pay. pay. I'm attention. not paying for this anymore. Absolutely, nor should and so. They. And in the good places, don't get any. Right, they get the same treatment as the, um, the bad places.
1: Unfortunately, they got hit with the brush and payments mm-hmm. were withheld from places that did good work and that ended up having to shut down because of that. So it, it's brutal. But anyway, I'll just say that that stuff's going on, right? That they're they're gonna be looking into all this stuff and they know, New Jersey knows. They've, I've heard that they've been like dragging their feet on issuing licenses, like 45 licenses that are looking to get issued in New Jersey. A lot of them are coming from places like, like Florida and Cali. You know, it is what it is because Cali's coming down the pike next. Then, underneath that, interestingly enough, to speak to what I'm talking about about remaining silent, you have some interesting. Because of social media, you've got some interesting <laughs> stuff, and you've got that one guy, and I'm going to mention you on on our podcast, bro. And I don't know who you are, although I know people who know who you are. But um, your handle is Dr. Bob Smith on Facebook. I mean, it's just it's funny because he like wears the scarf and he goes on and he's like calls people out yeah. by yeah. name. South Florida Crusaders. He show, yeah, he's like a crusader in South Florida and he's got like like people know who he is. So they text, they text so. back and forth with marketers that are doing some gazey, bro, I'll meet you, I'll give you $500,000, whatever. Ugh. Like just like literally pay yeah. to play, like brutal, brazen, horrendous stuff. And this guy's calling people out by name and whatever. You know, that stuff's important, right? Like, that's, it's, it's important stuff because you've got people that are out there. Unfortunately, social media has the other way as well. Just because somebody says it on social media doesn't mean that it's true. We just had an example the other day, literally two days ago, where somebody went out onto, fa- onto Facebook or whatever. I don't know what was it, Facebook. Facebook, yeah. They, they went onto Facebook, created some Facebook account, and basically named like 30 people in the field, 40 people in the field or more, and they were like, these people are no good because they're making referrals out of state and they're getting, getting kickbacks or whatever. Yeah. I looked at the list. I know for a fact that that's, I'm not, I don't can't speak for everyone on the list, but bullshit. I know some of those people. They're definitely not doing that. Like, I'm, I can't speak to all of them. I don't know. I saw a couple of names that maybe were. But the point is just because someone puts that out there, there's a pro and con, right? You got the guy, Dr. Bob down in Florida, who's a crusader, he's pissed about what's going on and he's trying to do something about it and I can appreciate that. But that's the problem with social media. Then you have somebody else who might just be an, you know, an angry elf right. that's for out whatever there screaming for so God knows what reason It looks they like
0: had. they pulled every name of every person that's that works at like. every treatment it center. It looks like and they just literally arbitrarily just took every marketer yeah. and put, like Who's, your guys'
1: names weren't on there, but what if I would've flipped out, right? Because we I don't think they disseminated <laughs> though. I don't think the difference, I just think your names just happened not to be on whatever list they pulled from is what I think. Well, oh, i friends them or whatever. Yeah, yeah you I know. saw other names on there that absolutely shouldn't have been. But that stuff's going on too right now there's self- policing right that goes on when you're in any kind of a field especially in this one with ethics and stuff like that so it's something that we have to be mindful of um, and then we go on to the what you were talking about and we go on to the the, the different topics um, one of them was trolling in meetings and that yeah. was one of the things that we were talking about um trolling in meetings if anybody doesn't know what that is or what that means um, actually guys toss why don't you explain what it means
2: So trolling in meetings is literally when an individual comes usually in from the marketing side of things and they know that a treatment center is near the meeting or whatnot and they will literally go and see who is in treatment and they will listen to the sad story and assume that, you know, oh, you're at this treatment center. It's an out of network treatment center. It's a, you know, it takes this insurance and they'll get approached like, hey man, you're unhappy at your recovery house. Why don't we, uh, why don't I just ship you over here and we'll pay you. So we just had, we recently, maybe not recently, it was about six or seven months ago, we had a client here that discharged and went back to an area where he lived, and we referred him to a facility. Um, Sure enough, and I know, I've known the family, I know the kid, he's a good kid, Um, but you said earlier, when you have 30, 60, 90 days in that that ballpark, you know, when you get offered $3,500, that's like 300, that's that's, that's fix-it money. This is, gonna, this is a solution. You know what I mean? That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money now. It doesn't make a difference. 3500 bucks is 3500 bucks. Sure. So I remember getting the phone call, and he was like, yo, Stas. He's like, I was at a meeting, um, and I'm going to Cali. And I said, whoa, easy. I, like, you just got there, like, a week ago. Well, what's the problem? He's like, and what do you know in California? <laughs> you know what I mean? You're <laughs> from Willow Grove. Like, what are you talking about? If you don't know Willow Grove, it's in PA, and it's not Cali. So... And he's like, yo, this guy came up to me at a meeting. You know, I was, you know, I was up there complaining. You know how I do stuff. And I'm like, what happened? What's this kid look like? What's his name? And what, you know, I was checking the date and time because, you know, initially, because I'm in recovery, I'm showing up at the meeting and it's gonna be a problem. Um and he walked me through it. He's like, look, I showed him my insurance card. He said, as long as I stay 17 days they will give me a thousand now and he'll put give me uh, 1,500 uh, when I
0: leave or 2,500 when I leave. The worst part about this story already is because you know what this loser's hope really is, too. So I, I'll, I I know what you're going through. So
2: I'm like, stay put. Because I'm getting angry right now. My back's starting to sweat. And I call the facility and I call our contact there. And I'm like, listen, this is what happened, X, Y, and Z. He's like, I'm on it. I'm on it. He's like, which meeting did they go to? Don't mind. I'll find out. Sure enough, kid ends up in California, right? Can't turn down the money enticement like we talk about. And it's, just, it's, it's a lot of money. The kid got high the whole time there. The this mom's kid. calling me, stops. Where's my son? I need your help. This and that. You know,
1: crying late night phone which calls. Which is what that guy banked on. Yeah. He banked on it. Right. Because now they get him into their. Grips. Man. Now he does the rehab. The rehab, man. not to shuffle, because it's going to be one. They'll keep him in. They'll pay him again. He'll go out and get high. When the money runs out, he goes back man. again, and they Banked keep him on it. that circle, that circuit that they have. It's insane. The dude, house would, manager was like supplying that place on fire. The
2: house man. manager was the dope dealer. So we're talking. Oh, 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 that, it was oh, bad. Oh, so we're talking trap house. Yeah. We're talking <laughs> legitimately a trap house. And as long as you stay, and it kept getting high, so he kept pissing hot, so it's detox. Detox, yeah. detox, 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 detox. Now
1: keep in mind too, and I wanna always throw this out there, right? I wanna remind anybody who's, you know, when you hear guys like us talking about this, these are extreme examples, yeah. and thankfully they are exceptions to the rule. The truth is... This is not, you know. Everyone, yeah, most thinks people, like are good. every people, place, most, most places, people are good places are good places. You know what I mean? Like every, a lot of the hearts are in the right place. A lot of them now. There could be nuanced stuff, like oh, you're not really supposed to be doing that, but not like this is the most brutal. Like you're talking about pay to play. People yeah. giving addicts money. Like this is drugs. the worst yeah. type of scumbag. Skipping out in the, the middleman,
2: which would be money, and just supplying the drugs.
1: And it goes on. Oh, it goes on for and sure. It goes on. Luckily for
2: for this kid. The mom flew out to California, grabbed her son, and brought him home. How um, insane
1: that she even had to do that! How crazy, crazy is that's that? A crazy. Now there's story. no conversation to be had with those people, by the way, that did it. There's no, com- there's no gray area there. They need to go to prison. But that's it. They so, need to go to prison. Straight yeah, fraud with straight, fraud, with, and straight it's, up, you know, yeah, with straight straight. investigation.
2: Obviously, with mom, I'm getting the name of the facility. I already got it. it. Was already submitted. Yeah, I mean, it's it got to be done. Absolutely. And, um. And again, there's also that ethical, and then there's also our moral. Yeah, you course. know, our, for us, for us as an individual, like we have, you know, you're in recovery, whomever's in recovery, understand? We have like a step dedicated, to a searching and fearless moral it's inventory. It's funny that
1: you say that because one of the things when I was in Wall Street, they would talk about individual ethics. Yeah. There's ethics that apply to situations in life, and then there's individual ethics, and when those two things sometimes can even conflict. But I'm not gonna go. I'm yeah. not gonna go there. But now you had also told me um when we were talking about this about trolling in meetings they they even troll sometimes in the airports right so like that's crazy that's too stories the, yeah. back in the day uh, right? oh so when God. i first
2: started in the industry um again uh this was some years back and i have a few years in this industry so florida was still it didn't have a black eye yet right so cranking they were getting right.
0: right. 10 and 15 20 people a I day had, we had an individual in.
2: um worked with the family young man I'm like, call me as soon as you get off the plane. The facility's going to be picking you up at the airport to taking you in to uh, the residential. No problem. So I'm on the phone with the kid. And we're, you know, we're just being guys on the phone. I'm like, yo, I'm really proud of you. You know, get a tan. But get clean. Mm -hmm. And I, and this is almost, it's like a joke, and it's almost hard to like, because you had to have seen the scenario. And I'm on, I'm just like in my living room, on my phone, and I hear, hey kid, in the background. He's like, yo, where you going, Treatment? And I'm like, Yo, who is that? And the guy's like, I don't know. I'm like, Just keep it moving. He's like, He's like, yo, yo. yo what, you know, what treatment center are you going to? I can like see it. Oh my god, I'm getting pissed. I can see what was going on. The kid's like, uh, I'm going to such and such. He's like, Why are you going there, dude? I got you. And I'm over here. I'm like, Yo, who the is this? <laughs> and he's like, I you know, Stax. I don't know. I'm like, Put him on the phone. <laughs> Just put him on the phone. And I'm over here, and he's like, No, no, no. I'm not talking to anyone. Listen. Where are you going? Listen, you come here, I'll give you, and I'll give you money. And I'm like, I'm like, just, yeah, you know, I'm get, I'm like, put them on the phone. Yeah, yeah. So, and the guys like, stops. What am I doing? And the kids. Look, but, again, but $500 they, is $500 to a ma- kid. They
1: made their living doing that, right? They made their living trolling airports for kids because, like you said, in Florida back then in those particular airports, yeah, you, know, you could they, 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 look. Could, they
0: know them. They're trained. Yeah, they well, you, see the kids. The, the arrivals coming from the oh, North. Nice. That's all it is. That's so so here,
2: so eventually, I'm like, put me on speaker at least. You know, and like the Greek just comes out of me. Yeah, I'm just f- like, What mother out. effer, blah blah blah. Who are you? This kid's supposed to go. And meanwhile, I'm texting with the facility. They're like, Stops, we're at the airport picking up the individual." I'm like, "Some guy just scooped him up." Yeah, right? Hijacked, right? And this and that. And they're like, "Oh my god, bro!" Well, I'm like, "Call security. Call the, you know what I mean? So we can pull the videotapes." This guy, and this is the most, you know, painful thing is that the kid, the guy who, who hijacked the kid, was like, "And what the F are you gonna do?"
0: <laughs> what are you gonna do and the kid went didn't kid he go went. with him he yeah, went i, with I that told guy. you the yeah. story yeah. yeah i remember he
2: went with the he went with the guy sure enough a few weeks later i get a phone call from the kid you know because obviously he had relapsed right and he was back and he was headed back into it. i was like to the same place to the same too. place and i said you got to get out of there. i'm working with the family so this crazy. And, that. and i actually called a so friend crazy, who had been in the industry uh for quite some time and i was like I'm at a loss of words. What's the protocol for this? Bef- bef- like besides snapping out, like we can't call the local police. And he's like, "You got to call the FBI. Got to call the FBI."
0: Yeah, but in, in, in what happened? they were like, well, "Yeah, we don't. This is again like we don't just have the like any protocol, protocol for a while. That's how that stuff works. Just
2: like any protocol, you know, there's there's a format that they have to follow as well. They have to take the notes. They have to make sure they need to speak to mom and dad. Make a long story short, same kid. a Few months later, called me from a facility, saying he was doing great. He's like, yo, I, I'm great, I'm, I'm doing great, I, I wanna come back to where you are. And I'm like, so I call mom, I call dad, we're all in, we're, everything's good. That was like a Monday. Thursday, the kid was discharging, right? It's so hot, I'm taking off the glasses, right? Um, I get a phone call Wednesday from the kid again. He's like, yeah, man, you know, look, I gotta stay longer, I relapsed. And I'm like, bro, oh, I was just on the phone with you in the clinical you mean what happened? He's like, I was like, "What'd you relapse on?" And he's like, "Alcohol." And I'm like, "Nah, no. You you shoot dope. That's what you do. That's the type of addict you are." I was like, "How did you get a hold of alcohol?" He's like, "Oh, this kid came in and he took us out." And I was like, "Slow down. I need to know everything." I was like, "What the kid look like?" I wanted everything. He's like, "Yeah, he took four of us out." And you guys went to a bar? He's like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, the kid have 20s or 100s? I'm just trying to put every single street scenario I could possibly mm. think together. He's like, the kid had four $100 bills. I was like, and how much did you drink? Because there's four of you. 400 is not going to last that long. In a in He's like, we all had a couple drinks, and then we we had to get back. We had to sneak back. I was like, is that kid still there? He's like, no, nah, they kicked him out. I'm like, yeah. He was a say He was a... It was a stoolie. Came in there, he could take the kids out with the good insurance to get them all to relapse so they can rebook them. Yeah, and I snapped on this clinical director. Uh, I, I, you know what I mean. The and nature it, of that. This is what this. Is that
1: place still around? Yeah, unfortunately it is. Unfortunately it is. And they They, didn't, they did, certainly didn't get them all. Um, I want to throw this out there as we're as we're doing this because one of the points of doing a live broadcast is to have interaction with people, right? Because that's otherwise we're just doing another tape thing. right? But I mean, you guys don't have it up on your thing, but I've got my little laptop here and I'm like, you know, people people have strong feelings about this yeah. stuff. But, and Kevin, I'll throw it out there to you because we're doing the thing. You know, we have no interaction at all. Like no one's saying a thing. I don't know if this is actually live streaming. I see the numbers. I was joking before and said that we have 6,000 people in. <laughs> I see zero of 200. May is the only person who said hello. We haven't had a single comment. If anybody was watching this with the stuff we're talking about, we'd be getting comments because people yeah. go crazy about the stuff and literally nobody's saying a word. Okay, fair enough, is, uh... but but I mean this is where all I saw is May saying, hi, boys. So if anybody's watching and you care at all about ethics, um, we I'd love to hear from you if you think that we're, you know, uh, on the wrong path, or if you have a story, or if you uh, agree or disagree, or you think Mark is an idiot, I want to hear about it, you know what I mean? Um, Linda, Linda's here, and so she just told me that she's here, so I know Linda's here, which is great news. Um, anyway, I just wanted to make sure, right, because one of the whole points of doing it live is that we like to have... You know, people kind of saying, like, hey, well, what about this and what about that? And some of the stuff we're talking about is kind of
0: brutal. Some of the viewers may not know much about this stuff, too. Fair enough.
2: Yeah, it's a good point. Um, Just to recap, those two kids, though,
0: are both clean today.
2: They're both clean. There you go. Yeah. Now, there's the reverse of that, where those kids die.
0: Yeah. And how many... So, that's two out of how many we're talking about. those are the egregious things, but I've said it, and I said it before on the the last live one, and I like to think... Sometimes, sometimes not all the time because sometimes it's all bad, and, and the clinical side is bad too. But yeah. a lot of times, the clinic, the clinicians, most of these places care oh, about care the clients because you don't get into that to make a lot of money. No, the I mean, business side taints the other side of the. No question about. But it. then again, but sometimes it's not always the case because if if the ownership or whatever is knowingly or turning a blind eye to that stuff they probably don't care much about their clinicians and stuff either. And then when the clinicians aren't cared about, they don't care about the clients and yeah, clients get back no, care. you so, right. Just you know. so you
1: know, um, um, uh, Linda said that she actually loves you and then somebody named JD said you're a total fool. So I'm just throwing it out there. So That's somebody cool. out there loves you and somebody else thinks that you're a fool. About, about right. Yeah. Thanks, right. JD. Right. I am. Um, so again... One of the other things we talk about is like the wide range of different kind of unethical stuff that goes on. And now you're talking about, this is some very serious. heavy stuff. Like these are the heavy stuff that goes on in in the field that's just brutal. Then there's the lower grade stuff that people probably shouldn't really be doing, but they do. And one of them that we had brought up um, was marketers for different facilities, promising clients, whatever they gotta promise them to get them to come to the facility. And I'm not talking about money or anything like anything uh, real. Like cell phone I'm usage. Talking about yeah. Like, oh yeah, dude. Oh, am I going to be able to have my my laptop? Can I use my laptop every day? Absolutely. Meanwhile, there's no way you're going to be able to have your. Uh, you're in blackout. Depending on the place, everyone has their own rules. But like for us, you're in blackout for several weeks. Where you're not going to get you know, a laptop or whatever. You know, are there exceptions to those rules? Maybe if it's a professional person and they need it. From their own business, you know, right. To do business stuff yeah, and sure. you, you no, can whatever. always, yeah, you, yeah. You, you don't want to be an idiot about it, but you have to have like- Can my girlfriend
0: strict, come? I met her in detox. Yeah, 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 yeah no exactly. problem. Oh
1: yeah, you can bring her. She can come and visit with you and stuff. Absolutely not. But <laughs> marketers will tell. Now, one of the things, Stas and I were joking about it, but you know, it's it's not funny, but, you Know, is that an ethical problem? It's a problem for the for the facility. I know it drives me and it drives the executive and clinical directors bananas because yeah. you're telling clients whatever well, they you're making hear right, you're the setting
0: them up um, yeah. for setting, setting up the so clinicians for a difficult person, Absolutely. right? So, I think he, he told me this.
2: That's um, so again, that's you know, business ethic, right? There's no training behind that, you know what I mean. Sure. Um, so when again, somebody five months clean or sober gets a job. They're just trying to. They're just trying to do. They. Th- they maybe their intentions job. are good, but they're yeah, like probably yeah, dude, good. Cell probably phone. Good. Gotcha. What do you need? A haircut. Got. Or yes, of course, your girlfriend can come and hang out with you. Like, uh, and so they'll say whatever, and then worry about the repercussion later. Yeah. Because we. I mean, being in recovery, you know worry about the repercussion later we just want what we want now yeah right we want it fast and shiny yeah. we want to look like we're doing a good
1: job yeah, it's like and promising like, promising somebody a skateboard or something like that so you know i, I mean? was just
2: gonna say this <laughs> so here it was i i happened to be on the phone with a client one time and he just mentioned that he skateboarded and i said i skateboarded as a kid too and i probably still have one lying around in my garage and i was like you know, if uh, I'm up there, uh, you know, I'll bring it. And skateboard. He, and sure enough, like something small like that, he fled, I you get wrote him a on phone it. call from Joe and Richie telling me to come into the office. He's like, promise this kid a skateboard." <laughs> I was like, "No, I said I used to skate." First off, they didn't believe me that I used to skate. Right. <laughs> Let's start with that. But something that something that's just in that conversation. So we have to be mindful and obviously be and bring that into all of our affairs because something that's small and insignificant. A client says that he promised me that. Right? And yeah. it's like, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. Nah. And all of a sudden,
2: nah. and if that's that
0: small and insignificant, someone might leave, which we know is never good for someone if they right, don't get they, it. Right, right, right. Of course. Or well, that too. But then
1: there's also the you know, you're not allowed to do that. You can't give anybody anything of any kind of value to get them to come to your place. Stas wasn't doing that. Yeah. But again, I was connecting on and it just yeah, happened. Yeah, and he was just chatting Bye. and like, oh, and then you know, maybe we could skateboard around the parking lot and show tricks or whatever, but it doesn't matter. In that client, he heard, like, oh, if I go there, this kid's, kid's gonna bring me bring a, sca- a broken yeah, yeah. yeah, you know I, mean? I hear that when I come in and I'm like, whoa, what? Yeah. Because we take that stuff super seriously. And, it, and like, again, we don't promise anybody anything. Something here.
2: that's small. Yeah, something that's small. Or how about this telling clients that we have certain modalities, right? Of course, that we can handle certain things, but, and then just to shoot ourselves yeah, in we the we foot can. when they send the clinical over yeah. from the case manager, and then all of a sudden they're like, whoa, you know. Hey John, I thought you said you could handle this at this, you know, yeah. or your, I thought you guys you offered this. Yeah. yeah, don't you guys offer that? Don't you guys don't you guys it's offer a track. surfing track? You said that you offer a, it's you know, not worth a the soccer track or a football. You know What do you mean not it's not worth the
0: short term? No. Oh, win. now I see a Long bunch of time. stuff coming up. Um, know, oh, by so. the way, I want to say that I got JD, a text message. JD Someone JD was only kidding with you, by the way. He I want to know who JD is. I've been thinking he about was, it since you mentioned he it. He was totally joking. And then Mark's awesome. I was totally. But who is JD? I thought he was joking. I never. The other thing is, the other thing is, I got a text message. Someone had signed in and. I guess Kevin, it's Kevin. for you through LinkedIn, and she's unable to comment. I don't know if it's. I think you got to do it through YouTube, right? You have to do it through YouTube, and then uh, she would have to sign into her like Gmail account to comment. Okay, so, so there's multiple, So do that if you're signed in through LinkedIn
1: or whatever. There's other ways, Are you, you have Did to you sign catch in. Through, yeah, you got to get. You heard what he just said. um uh, Mandy, actually, just said, uh, "What about pay to play, cash and envelopes?" and that's one of the things that we, we just spoke about upstairs. Yeah, it's one of the things that we know that goes on. I mean, yes, to answer your question, yes, that definitely does go on in this field. It's it's unfortunate and it's not gray area. It's very black and white. And, Wildly inappropriate and illegal. You you can't do that. And we know that it happens. There are. There's no doubt that it happens. Who do they go for to prove what it's hard to prove? Granted, it's hard to prove. Stop. This is one of those things where everyone in the field kind of knows. You know what I mean? Like you have a particular place that does whatever, whether a detox or rehab or residential, whatever. We all, everyone can do it. Every level, by the way. All levels. like, you know, could be. So what they prey on is, what they prey on. Or who in our facility would people prey on? You two. You guys direct pretty much where, you know, Joe You Joe and I don't, you, we're removed from that now. You guys pretty much direct where people go. If they're gonna go to this particular detox or this re, residential facility or whatever, wherever we're gonna need to send someone to get them where they need to be, you guys are making those decisions of, okay, let's send them here, let's send them there. You know, now we have, a, we have an approved list of people that we're I'm not supposed to call it that, but I don't care. It's people that we trust, that we do business right, with, that we know course. are doing the right thing by clients. And so you guys have that list and then you kind of make sure that everybody within that list and that we're apportioning it and that everybody's, we're sending people to places that we trust, that we know are gonna do a good job. But you guys are the ones that are, that someone will approach and will say, hey dude, look man, you know, we need some people. And man, what a cash opportunity for you two guys. And it's easy to justify with yourselves. You're like, well, they're good guys and they have to go someplace for detox. So what difference does it make, right? Like if I can make a little bit extra, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not hurting the kid, I'm getting them into detox. Like I can see people justifying that with themselves. For sure, it's easy to justify that. Bullshit, it's illegal for a reason. Yeah. Once you go down that road, you're now, again, these are people's lives on the line. You're not making a decision for what's best for the client. You're making a decision what's best for you. You're profiting off of someone's sickness and an addiction in a way that's outside of an appropriate framework. You're taking that cash in an envelope and they're going by you know your house once a month because you've given them X amount of referrals and they're tracking it all. And then somebody comes by your house and gives you an envelope with $2,000 in it or $4,000 in it or $5,000, whatever the number is. And if that Even happens if it's a dollar, a month, it doesn't yeah, mean, it doesn't matter what right. it is. But my point is, you can see the, you can see the, 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 the pitfall, the moral hazard, and it's, it's, it's like a tractor beam of greed, where you know fifty, sixty thousand cash a year in an envelope that nobody's the wiser, and I'm not hurting anybody. Bullshit. You're just telling yourself that, and I know it goes on. And I know for for sure, now do I have videotape of somebody taking money under a table? No, obviously not. But don't think for a second that the Department of Justice and these folks who've now learned a lot of lessons in Florida and they're learning them in California now, cases are are being and are probably gonna be brought in California in a big way very, very soon. Um, I think some of those people, that's why they're filing licenses in other states now because they're just waiting for the shoe to drop. Um, but they're definitely going to be looking at that. They're looking at all that stuff here too. And don't think for a second that you know they don't they don't work in conjunction with other entities to see all cash they got to get deposits and this and that. what and, uh, don't, don't, they don't got to get yourself, is man.
0: one one person caught on tape. And what will happen is you know because it'll unravel. It'll unravel. We can, can take it a talk step about further, about even with gifts, that does
2: it. not just cash in hand. It's gifts. Yeah, you can. No, no it's them.
1: gifts. Oh, yeah. Designer Weather. handbags the and stuff. I, yeah, and we've heard. Yeah,
2: we don't have actual, but we've heard through, you know, designer handbags, certain expensive, lavish dinners, vacations get paid for, so on and so forth. Oh, I've heard all uh, no
0: like, kinds of season tickets to football games. Yeah. Crazy. Well, we stuff.
2: what you just mentioned here, us being the. Approachable kind, I you know, and I'll speak for Mark on this is that you know, luckily for us, is you know, we have a very good reputation, but we're also known as kind of no nonsense, Mm -hmm. so a lot of that stuff stays away from us. And we're very particular, and actually, who do we speak to? We're very nice to everyone, but there's a lot of hey, I'm unavailable Mm -hmm. that text messages go out to people, and we're very cautious of who we have who we sit down with, meaning for lunch and dinners Mm -hmm. because dinners can be viewed in a certain way or whatnot. The same. Coffee and dinner. The same conversation can be had over coffee in ten minutes. That can have over a thousand dollar dinner. Do you know what I mean? So we're we're very cautious about that, and those who deal with us know we're very cautious about that. And sure, do we listen? We love what we do. We absolutely. I mean, this is what we do for so many reasons, right? And we're we have fun doing it. We have fun helping people. Um, Unfortunately, other people don't view it that way, you know, and they will take advantage and they
1: have more than a job. It's a calling. It's it's way.
2: They have owners saying, oh, so and so works there. I wonder if he or she would like this, and it's yeah. it's over a certain amount of dollar, which I believe it's like you can bring coffee to people.
1: That's absolutely. A, absolutely, absolutely. You know, some pens, some swag, and stuff I, like that. I, but I, I, I base it all on I base it all on again my my extensive ethics training on Wall Street because they sure. took that stuff very seriously. Yeah, and, and they even Wall Street cracked down huge back in the. But day. But even and that
0: stuff, again, it happens and there too. Come on, of course, of course, it does. Yeah. But my God, point is. Wall Way Street, more money on the line there. But
1: Wall Street changed the game, too. Some years ago, like we used to go well, this out and we used to go and take clients. Sure, I know you and many other and oh people, places. But then Wall Street finally said, no. You know, we have fiduciary responsibilities and regardless of all, you know, a year you gift, know to get right? the relationship, Yeah, yeah. you want to keep it to like 100 bucks, or less no. or whatever it was per year. And a lot of the hedge funds and stuff that we dealt with said, I don't care what your rules are, we want nothing from you. Now... So I know, and so I was trained that way for many years. So when I came here, and I remember we had had a question. Some of the stuff seems innocent enough, and one of the places that we were dealing with that were making referrals to us, and we were making referrals into them, and we just started to get to know these folks, and they seemed pretty good. And they nice, I don't think they were, I honestly don't believe that they were trying to do anything other than to get to know us a little bit better. And they offered, would you guys like to go to a Knicks game? And they said, yeah. you guys, you guys want to go to a Knicks game with us? And I believe that they were just literally trying to get to know us better to create more of a personal kind of bond so we would get to know each other and be more comfortable with each other, which is cool. But I'm not okay with that. We, If you really want to get to know each other, let's go out for a coffee. Yeah. We'll come by your facility and hang out. You come by here and hang out for half a day. I'll order in some, some soup from... Uh, from what's the the good soup place everybody likes to get the soup from? Not Halen Hardy. Which is the one that's here? No, Halen here. Hardy. No, but that's New what's York the City. Other soup place? What's the one that's Panera? here? Panera. Uh-huh. Panera. You know, let's get some Panera and let's hang out in the conference room. Or let's a hit a meeting. We, well, if they're, if they're so sweet, right. we could hit a meeting with them. But the point is, going to Knicks games and Super Bowls and this and that, all unnecessary. That stuff is unnecessary <laughs> it's and unnecessary. it's all... It's just not appropriate, and and you have to be very mindful when you're in oh, this sure. field or any field of what's appropriate and what's not. It's nice to get free stuff. Who doesn't like free stuff? Like you mentioned, the swag. You know, you you make a certain amount of like a pen with the Blue Crest logo yeah, on it. Yeah, cool. Look, dude. That's a normal part of business stuff. You want people to have your pen and a yeah, reminder of who of you course. are with your little phone number on it. That's cool. Yeah, the chaps, you know, we're not making five hundred dollar ballpoint pens. <laughs> no, we need to make we're not making mom- pens yeah, that yeah. you're giving out to people <laughs> right. as part of a normal marketing kind of deal, totally. so people remember and you get the word out that you're here and it's a constant reminder, which is great. But then there's other stuff that's a little bit less appropriate. Um, Let's see. Oh, okay. So one of the so um, a shady inducement is a provider paying for patients premiums horrendous yes. agreed yes. absolutely correct and that is again it's or another forgiving, temptation
0: forgiving forgiving right absolutely. out of pocket costs absolutely. stuff like that you waving waving is the uh, yeah absolutely
1: absolutely again let's talk about the insurance companies so for that waiving, like uh, uh, co-pays and deductibles you can't do that and and uh-huh. it's very clear why you can't do it and anybody who doesn't understand that if you if we're a place if we were a place that does what some places do where every single person who comes in we write it off and never collected never collected never collected deductible 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 doesn't like work. guys you can't do that and the reason you can't do that and especially the co-insurance is this when people utilize their insurance and they want to utilize their out of network benefits Insurance companies set it up that way on purpose because if you think it's important enough to go out of your assigned network that you wanna go to a specialty place like ours, then the insurance company basically says to you, depending on the, the percentage of what they pay, because all policy are different, but let's just say the insurance company pays 80% of it up to a certain amount of money and then they cover everything. Like there's a cap on it and then after that they'll pay 100%. But for the first, making up a number, of $10,000, the insurance company saying, yeah, we'll pay $8,000 of, of the first 10, but you have to pay two, cash, if out of pocket. If it's important enough, you, it's this important is what, enough right. for you, and you want us to pay this money, you're gonna pay the money as well. So us as a place, like what people justify with themselves is, well, I'm cool with just the eight, like don't worry about the two. No, 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 you have to get that money because the insurance company's not okay with that, and they shouldn't be. If you really wanna utilize your out-of-network benefits, you gotta kick in the insurance companies make that a rule. We don't have a choice. You have to collect or make every legitimate effort in the world to, otherwise, you've gotta make a referral to them and say, look, if you can't do that, maybe you should consider in-network options, which is what we do, because it's just not right and it's not appropriate, right? Like, there's just no, so that stuff is pretty clear. Um, those are, 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 you know, uh, there's it, really not gray area, per se, but they're not as blatant as what, what she's saying, which is a shady inducement is a provider paying another patient's a patient's premium. I mean, that's just straight up, right? Somebody has Cobra got fired from their job. And it costs them $780 a month to pay yeah, the Cobra. Yeah. They're gonna come to your treatment facility. It's a rock star insurance policy. And the the the, the facility says to themselves, well, I can make $30,000, or I'm just making up numbers, I can make $30,000 and all it's gonna cost me is 750 bucks to pay the premium. It's a no-brainer. It's not a no, it is yeah. a no-brainer. You can't do that. Yeah, right. It's illegal. The opposite. And so places that are doing that kind of stuff... Like again, you can see how people easily justify it with themselves. Like I'm helping the family, and well, you could say eight million things. Rent, and justify
0: rent, it. rent. Like for we're Bluecrest is a partial with cornerstone, yeah. cornerstone, and housing, and you can't just. That's an inducement. We charge. You know, rent needs to be. Right? Got to pay rent. I mean, we don't, of insurance company doesn't cover for any, any
1: sober living places that, that, that you go to. You can't, there yeah. can't be that anytime back a sober and forth, living says just come to our place, you can live here. Right? It's no good. Like, you just can't do that kind of stuff. Like, every, it is what it is. And there's other alternative suggestions that can be made to people when they're not going to, when they're unable or unwilling to do. And a lot of times it's not even unable. I mean, my experience, a lot of times it, they're unwilling. They're like, well, that place is willing to do it. So well, then you should go to that. We hear that all you the should, time. But you should go to that place. We, I don't know what else to so say. other than say, we don't do
2: that. So for instance, we get, we're get we talking to uh, family, it, it, not even the client. Let's just talk about the family. We'll talk about the family. And they'll say, such and such said they'll do it for free. And I said, what will they do for free? <laughs> right, Because right, right, right. let's talk. And, and we're at a, I, I'm not, uh, I don't bite my tongue. When it comes to that, because I want they're most of the time they're just uneducated or have poor information and they don't think that they're going to get back billed or this or that, or they're not going to get some sort. And I say, this is going to come back to haunt you. Mm-hmm. If a facility is telling you they're going to waive X and X for you and X, why do you think that is Sure. like, let's you're a mom, you're a dad. You obviously have some sort of like, what do, why do you? Why is
1: someone gonna just do this for you? Sure. Why? Now this is all industry stuff that, is, there are certain practices that just kind of go on, and a lot of times people do this stuff because they don't realize. Like, And that is true, like we went, so Joe and I, we went and we paid money to go to this um, every year they do these symposiums and they do these like weekends. Like in Cape Cod is a big one. NJRC is a big one in our field. Like in the area, there's a couple of big ones every year. In the Cape the Cod, sympobia, the yeah, symposiums. Yeah. The yeah, Cape sure. Cod one is a big one, right? Where everybody from the field goes, and we all kind of talk to each other, and like we share ideas, and we get to know each other, and we talk to a lot of like uh, the clinicians that'll come in. So the single shingle, the LCSWs, and you know different people will come, and they get their CEUs. So they you know for their licensure yeah. and stuff. So these are pretty big events, there's two big ones in the you Cape Cod others, one. <laughs> Joe and I paid extra to go to this um, to this like uh, specific forum on ethics in the treatment industry and we were very new to the field and we went there because we wanted to learn more about what's, there's no one booklet that you get. There's insurance company rules, there's state rules, there's federal rules, there's the licensing bureau rules, there's so many rules. But there's no one booklet to open up when you open up a healthcare company that does this. It's kind of disjointed. There's four different kind of sets of rules that overlap and some things. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, but when you're new and you're young, you can't afford a compliance officer, so you've gotta be your own compliance officer. But you have a responsibility to seek that information out and to make sure. Ignorance isn't a defense in a court of law. You can't afford to be ignorant. Didn't know what the speed limit was. Yeah, oh, I didn't know. You can't say, I don't know, you need to know. And that's If you're gonna open a company, you damn well yeah. better investigate and know what you're doing. So we went and we, you have these meetings. And one of the things that this law firm had told us is, and it's very common in this field and in other fields too, I'm sure, but to speak to this one, a lot of people make decisions and set up their businesses because they see seven other places do it the same way, so it must be okay. Yeah. And one of the things yeah. this law firm told us is, it is not okay, it's not okay. It's not okay to set up your business in that particular way. How you incentivize employees like marketers, that's a big deal, how you do that stuff. And one of the guys in the class basically said, well, our place does everything the right way. And so the lawyer was like, okay, well, that's good. Tell me how you guys do it. And he's like, well, we do everything above board and everything's very specific and I get a base salary of X, and for that, I gotta bring in five people a month, and then anything (laughs) above five people a month, I get this extra, and blah, 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 and he went in and described it all, and he said, but I have a signed contract, and I only do it for this place, so I'm not sending anybody, I work specifically for this place, which makes it okay. And the lawyer said, oh, that's awesome. It's also completely illegal. And the guy was like, what? <laughs> yeah. And he, he was like, he, he, he yeah. told the lawyer like, are you kidding me? And the lawyer said, no, I'm not kidding you. He goes, I get, he said, there's no way that that's, the lawyer said, dude, it's not legal. You're not allowed to do that. And let me tell you why. And then he broke up the statutes. You saw people in the room like, oh my God, like what? What people are getting freaked out because they didn't know. Yeah. Everyone yeah. else sets it up that way. There are 10 or 15 other things Little nuanced little things that you're really not supposed to do. You know, one of the things, some of them aren't even new, aren't even nuanced, like paying for flights or paying for buses or whatever it is. Transportation, even local, company, right? Well, yeah, but if you're a company that, if you're a company that advertises out of state and people or somebody calls you from Ohio or Skokie, Illinois, and they're like, "Hey, I, you know, heard of you guys? You have great reputation. I read your Google reviews, and I really want to come there. I want my kid to come there. Whatever." you know, we've got insurance and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, okay, you know, and you do all the thing and they're an appropriate client and they they would fit well for our facility or whatever. And then they're like, all right, well, so how do we, you know, how are you gonna send us the airline ticket? And you're like, no, we don't send airline tickets. And they're like, well, what do you mean? Like, we have to buy it ourselves? And like, yeah, I mean, how are we gonna buy it for you? Insurance companies aren't paying for that. Insurance companies don't pay for any of that stuff and I'm not allowed to pay for it. So if you can't get to us, let us help you find a local resource of something that you can get to. We're not paying for your airfare. We're not allowed to. It's not legal. Yeah. You're not allowed to do that. Period. I don't care how you justify it with yourself. The rules are that are in place are the rules, and people think that like uh, like um, the 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 people I was talking about earlier when Joe and I first got into this field. And this is a perfect example of the lie that people tell themselves in the treatment right, industry yeah, in the treatment yeah, field, the story, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, when Joe and I went and we we literally hadn't even hadn't even filed our license yet. We were still considering whether we were going to go into this thing. And I th- I started thinking when they first approached me, like, would you open up a rehab and what do you think? And so I start doing all my investigative work. I'm talking to, I know a lot of people. I'm sober a long time. I speak all over the place. So I know a lot of folks. And so when you do the homework, you start realizing like, I, not only do I think we could do this, I think we could do this better than most people do it because I'm I have such a passion for this. And that's what I told myself. And I'm like, I think I can do it, I just have to find out more information. So I'm going, I'm talking all these different places and one of the places that we were talking about earlier, I went and met with those people and literally, I'm, I'm, we're not four minutes into meeting these people for the first time ever, we went for a coffee and they were nice enough to see us and they were like, yeah, tell them to come down. As many people did, they opened themselves up to us. They, they were honest, they gave us good answers about how what works and what doesn't and we met with a lot of good, really helpful people which if you're looking to open a place, it was super nice of them to even sit down with us when you think about it. So these guys sat down with us and so I started asking them a couple questions. We're literally four minutes into the conversation and the guy goes, listen, He said, you guys, the fact that you're now gonna gonna be opening and you're gonna be getting licensed and as you guys move a little further along down the line, you're gonna start getting calls well before you're licensed just because people know who you are and they're gonna hear that you're doing this and believe me, you're gonna start getting phone calls and you're gonna have to send the people somewhere. So let's do this, you guys are just opening a business which means you're gonna probably need cash and he said, so every time you get a call, you refer those people to us and we'll give you 500 bucks per person. I'm like, now I'm brand new in this, but I've already read about all this. And I'm like, that's straight body brokering. And the guy goes, now it's totally legal because we have a consultant agreement that you'll sign. And as long as you sign a consultant agreement, it's completely legal. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not legal. I'll tell anybody who's watching this. If you're doing that, it's not legal. So you can take all that paperwork, and you know what it is—evidence against you. Like, really? Do you think that that's legal? It isn't. It's not legal. It's called body brokering, and you're not allowed to do it. But they might have they actually—they might have
2: convinced, they convinced
1: as, it. They might have been convinced they that it because signing this. They started this. In
2: an LLC. Absolutely, so you can start an LLC right now while we're doing this right now for four hundred dollars. Absolutely, you know. Stasen Mark Show, you know what I mean, and all of a sudden, guess what? Yeah. Stasen Mark Consulting, yeah, done, yeah, approved, four hundred bucks. And if you sign here, that means you're <laughs> semi-employed here, mm. so this is your job requirement. But that doesn't mean that it's not. Body so now drug,
1: let's right? let's move on to another one. Which again, this is all stuff that goes on in the field. Call centers, man. I've always been nuts about the call center thing, and I, you know, I told Joe that when we were doing it, and Joe's always on board, man. Joe's always like, I hear you, absolutely, absolutely. And so one of the things that I said was, we're not doing call center stuff. That's not legal. I don't know how people, I don't get how it operates. You have people who who set up and advertise these 1-800 numbers that people call into like find a rehab or help do this or help do that or whatever, however they set up their stupid Uh things, I don't know what they all are. I would never use a call center and this is why. People are calling in or going online and they're seeking out help and these people are paying top dollar to be the name or the number that people get so they call into the line. They hire a bunch of people and pay them X amount of dollars an hour and then every time they get one, they probably get some bonus. I don't know how they set it up, whatever. But those people now who run those places reach out to places like mine. I've gotten calls on them a gazillion times. I tell them all to fuck, uh, to screw off Mm -hmm. because I don't like that. What they do is they tell you like, look, I can give you qualified ad and network leads for people looking to get into rehab. Your conversion rate is going to be super high and blah, blah, blah. They're using all these terms and it's $1,700 per lead, $2,400 per lead. Dude, that's... That's patient brokering. Yeah. I don't care what agreement you sign. There's no way that stuff's legal. Yeah, and it's, it's weird. going on it's, everywhere. It's weird that
0: they call them a lead, even. Yeah, like it's, a lead, yeah.
1: exactly. And conversions and this and that. But I mean, listen, I, I get it, but I'm not doing any of that because I, when we went to these things and these law, those law firms put on these things to teach you ethics in the, in the treatment field, it's very clear that that stuff is not, now it may go on, And more than one person may be doing it, but it doesn't make it right and it doesn't make it legal. And at some point, when the authorities start paying attention, it's gonna go down like dominoes, in my opinion. So, you know, when you are a place and you start getting more of a reputation like ours, right? When we started off almost three years ago, we were small, you know what I mean? We're getting calls and we start doing some, you know, some intakes and we get some people. You start building and you start building. You know, people see us all the time now and they're like, you know, you guys have such a great reputation. You know what I mean? And my thing is always like, yeah, you know what? There's a secret to that, right? Do the next right thing, always. Yeah. You, you get a miracle reputation, Uncompromising, right? Uncompromising. But, but, but the thing is, that for us, as we've gotten busier, we get more phone calls, and you have to get the word out about who you are. I think we're the best in the business. If you don't, you should shut down. All places you think they're the best in the Greet. business. I think we're the best at what we do. So I wanna get the word out to the world, right? To every place that you can think of that someone's dying of addiction, you know, call me because I think I can help. So you advertise and you get the word out, you put up a billboard, you do this, you do that. Now you start getting incoming phone calls. That's a call center. A call center for us is just people that we hire, that we organically train our people, our way, people with heart, people with integrity, people who don't ever, because it takes their time. I got Nick standing here watching us and, and Nick, him and and Melissa, they answer the phones. They never, there's nothing, not worse, but there's nothing, when you're on a Saturday and you're getting phone calls directed, right? And you were on your way to the beach and you get a phone call and you get somebody who has absolutely no insurance, no Medicaid, no nothing. They need help and they need help today and they have no idea what to do. Most places would look at that as, oh. Can't help get a pen. Let me give you the one eight hundred number to the IME number that New Jersey set up, and they'll be able to help you. No, they won't. Right? That, that whole thing is totally ridiculous. But whatever. So they give them a one eight hundred number and they say, you know, I'm good. See, for us, a call sent, a call center has to be it's all it is is an extension of us and our moral values and our and our principles and the way we show up. And so that means if anybody reaches our call center, they help them find a place to go. Right. They give them the top three places for someone with no insurance and then they tell them, write all this down. Do you have an email address? I'm gonna email you exactly the process. They won't let us call for them. Any right, of those places, they, they right. won't let us because otherwise we would but the clients have to call themselves but we always tell them, I want you to, and if they, do, it doesn't work.
2: Call me back. Call
1: me back. There's other stuff we can do. These are just your top three best options. If there's no beds, call me back and we'll go to the next stage but we will find you something. Now. That's going to, that could take, it takes longer to do one of those. Somebody with good insurance, we're on the phone for 20 minutes. I mean, you, you've got to, they're, they're, in detox. Yeah. Like that's easy. But the ones where they have no insurance at all or Medicaid is yeah, a difficult little easier. The so ones with no insurance is very difficult to place, but that's your responsibility. You have a moral responsibility, yeah. right? It, it's an ethical to responsibility help they need, to help people find what they need or you don't. Like I don't, I can only speak for us and for what we do and how we conduct ourselves. But that's the rules that we set in place because it's right, because it's what's appropriate.
2: What's well, also just you know like those phone calls that come in on a Saturday or Sunday. A lot of times, it's just, they just need to talk to someone. You know, they just want to talk to someone. They just want someone to listen. They want someone to help navigate or give them a different perspective. And a lot of you know. A lot of this stuff just turns into recovery calls yeah it's just it it's just you're just on the phone most of
0: the time yeah you' just
2: you're just talking recovery and you know for the one that are a little bit more challenging as far as like you know, they typically do come on the weekend so a lot of stuff is you know it's a skeleton system in most of those facilities mm-hmm. so to help navigate but it's like yo here's my number call me back if this doesn't work and we're gonna we're gonna figure it out yeah. we're gonna we're gonna get it done together. I mean and when you think about it like you know, it's just gratitude, I and mean, it's part of being in service and just doing good work too. But like you know, if I'm really just home on a Saturday chilling on my couch, yeah, somebody's looking anyway? to save their life. You have a moral well, obligation. I'm on
0: it. You know, absolutely. I, you know, or if I'm out doing something,
2: yeah, it, it's only going to be shit. like you know, it's a small, it's a small piece of time for for the bigger picture. So
1: now, again, in with with ethics in the treatment industry, we can go on and on and on, and we've come to the end of our hour plus. um, um, there's so many different areas and aspects of this that we could talk about, and we could do a part two and a part three, and we could tell some other stories that that were that are kind of scary. And but the, we wanted the way we were going to end this particular podcast is that we came up with a list of five specific individual people and five individual treatment facilities that we know are doing the wrong thing, and we're going to name them. Normally, can't doing that. Um, and just people are watching are like, <laughs> like, "They, they are! Oh my god, that would be so insane!" Nick's face, he was like, but oh, dude, god. at some point, you know what I mean? That's what it's going to come down to. The honest truth is that most of the people that we know, you know, are good folks. You know what I mean? And that's I just agree. the truth of it. It's not here in. It's here in New Jersey. It's here. The little ones. Some of the ones that are right in the middle there. I know that there's some some pay to play stuff that definitely goes on. I know, I, but. The, the worst of the worst stuff, I don't really see that here in New Jersey yet. But it's, it's coming to a theater near you. And mm. we all have to be mindful and watch. Well, you it have to be prepared. Stuff. Prepared yeah. for it and mindful of it and watch out for each other on that stuff and watch out for New Jersey and watch out for the families. And we have to, we can't turn a, bl- a blind eye. We can't turn a blind eye. And when we see that kind of stuff going on, there's there's actions that you can take and there's stuff that you can do. So, you know, for 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 now you know, having these kinds of conversations and having an open conversation about it is definitely can be helpful, I think. Um, I'm always open to, and I do, I do this, and I'm always open to do it for anybody I that you haven't had a conversation with me before. I talk to own, uh, owners of other places and executive directors at other places and that we have good back and forth and open conversations about this kind of stuff and to be mindful and whatever. And I'm open to talk to anybody about that kind of stuff because it's important and because, you know, what we do is just too important, man. We're not we're not selling tires. It's and not vehicles. helping people. Like no. this is serious stuff, man. People's lives are on the line, and I don't know if you can't take this stuff as seriously. That I don't I don't know what you can. But no. Um, no. thank you guys for uh, an excellent um, podcast. Thanks for having us. Um, Thanks thank for having you for us the again. few people that did throw in some uh, some comments and questions and things that you've had some experience with. And um, until next time, don't you go change it.